This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Well, we started last week talking about developing a rich relationship with God. And that's where I'd like to go today. And there's an old song we used to sing, and it went like this. It goes, I need you more, more than yesterday. I need you more, more than words can say. I need you more. Do y'all see the words? Y'all can sing if you want to. I need you more than ever before. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. More than the air I breathe. Do we need air? Yes. But we need him. More than the air I breathe. More than the song I sing. More than the next heartbeat. More than anything Lord, as time goes by, I'll be by your side because I never want to go back to my old life. Do y'all want to go back to the old life? I need you more than the air I'm breathing. I need you more than my next heartbeat. I need you more than anything. (laughs) Well, it's a great, great song. We should probably resurrect it and revive it and sing it every once in a while. But let me uh, read you something in the book of Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, and it says, You who were once so far away from God, and this is relevant to each and every one of us who's here and all you guys who are joining us online, this is relevant to all of us that we were once (laughs) so far away from God. And the scripture goes on, you were his, talking about God's enemies. We were once so far away from God. We were once God's enemies separated from him by your or by our evil thoughts and our actions. And evil thoughts and evil actions, that's just talking about sin. Because we've all sinned and we've all fallen short, We once were separated because we were so far away because of our sin. Verse 22 says, yet now he has brought you back as his friends. We were so far away from God once upon a time. So far away from him and separated from him because of our sin, our evil thoughts and our evil actions. But he says here now, but he has brought you back as his friends. And we're talking about developing a rich relationship with God. But he has brought us back as friends, you know, not because of what we did, but because of what he did. He's brought us back as friends. He has done this through his death on the cross In his own human body, as a result, he has brought you into the very presence of God. We once were so far away, but he's brought us back as friends. He's brought us into his father's 
presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. That's by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we've got to believe him and we've got to trust him and we've got to know that he is absolutely for us. There's an article I came across and it says worship is the place where we hunger after God. Now, I don't know, have you ever, can you identify with that term that you're hungry for God? How many of you have ever been hungry for food? Okay, a lot more hands going up there. So you understand what it is to be hungry, but have we really genuinely had a hunger after God? Well, this article says worship. When we worship, which we was doing this morning, worship is the place where we hunger after God, where we forget about everything else. We forget about everything else about everything else, and we focus on seeking God. That's what worship is. It's where nothing else really matters, and our focus, he says, our focus is on seeking God and what he wants. That's worship. Now, I don't know, have you gotten to the place where nothing else really is important, nothing else really matters? What's as important as seeking God and finding out what do you want? Well, what do you want me to do? Why am I here? What do you have in store for me? That's what he's talking about. Well, we'll never be more aware of God's fullness than in worship. Tommy Tenney, a spirit-filled Christian, an author who's written books like The God Chasers and The God Catchers, good books, he tells this story. He believes that God spoke to him and said, you know, Tommy, your favorite worship services and my favorite services are not the same. You leave your services full and satisfied, but when you leave, I'm still hungry. This this is what God spoke to him. When you leave that wonderful time of worship and all, and you're full and satisfied, God said to him, I'm still hungry for for more of a relationship with you. He writes, God whispered this to me during a life-changing Sunday morning service. It was a divine encounter that forever imprinted itself with indelible ink, with, with permanent ink on the pages of my memory. He continues, there were tears in my eyes when I whispered to my wife, I don't think I've ever been this close to God before. I wish I knew then what I have discerned since, that God will leave our meetings full and satisfied only when we leave our meetings feeling hungrier for him than when we first came. I don't know if you've experienced this, but where you had such a fantastic time and God was so real to you that you didn't want to be disrupted, uh, interrupted. You didn't want a phone to ring. You didn't want 
somebody to come out. You don't want anything to stop you because the relationship was so real and you were getting so much out of this worship time. And have you ever experienced anything like that? I have. And this old building here, there's times when I would come in the middle of the night and just pray and worship God. And it was just so, so real and so life-touching. It's just like, there was nothing to ever inter- interfere with that. Anyhow, what he says, he says, I wish I knew then what I have discerned since, that God will leave our meetings full and satisfied only when we leave them feeling hungrier for him than when we first came. Have you ever had a fantastic, awesome worship experience with God? And when the time of worship, whether it's just private worship in your home or collectively corporate worship, have you ever had the time when it's just like, you know, I don't want it to stop. And and I'm I'm leaving and I just want want to spend more time with God. Anyhow, I thought it was pretty amazing. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for God's approval. Think about it for a moment. Do you have an appetite for waffles, bacon, omelets, pancakes, maple syrup, grits? Do you have an appetite for God, same kind of a thing. When you have an appetite for food, you, you really want, oh, oh you, you, you want it. And when you have an appetite for God, you just want, I want more, 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 more. A song we sang a while ago, I need you more, more than yesterday. I need you more, more than words can say. I need you more than ever before. I need you, Lord. I I need you, Lord. I need you more than the air I breathe. I need you more than the song I sing. I need you more than the next heartbeat. I need you more than anything. Lord, as time goes by, I'll be by your side because I never want to go back to my old life because I'm hungering for more of God in my life. And once you experience and you've tasted of this awesome, fantastic, wonderful, rich, real relationship with God, you just want more. Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for God's approval. They will be satisfied. When you're hungry for God, you will end up being satisfied. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 says, When I think of the wisdom and the scope of God's plan for my life, and when I think of the wisdom and the scope of God's plan for each and every one of your lives, well, he's saying that. When I think of the wisdom and the scope of God's plan, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father. And, and, and this is phenomenal when you understand his plan. The creator, the father, the, the creator of everything. Now, now, what percentage is everything? I fall to my knees and I pray to the father, the creator of 100% of everything in heaven and 
on earth. Verse 16 says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, God has glorious unlimited resources. Does, is there anybody here today who has unlimited resources? I could say, I'd like a couple million bucks because we're going to build a new building. Make that six million bucks. You go, oh, not a problem. Anyone here got those, that kind of unlimited resources? If you do, would you talk to me after the service? No. Nobody, you may have a lot of resources, but only God has unlimited resources unless he gives them to you. And he says here, verse 16, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will give you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. Mighty inner strength. And that's what we need. Because if you've only got monetary unlimited resources, there's so much that you don't have. But if you can get this mighty inner strength through the person of his Holy Spirit. Now that's what we're talking about. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will give you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will be, what's that word? More and more. I mean, he has them two words there for a reason. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts. More and more at home in, in your hearts. I'm talking about as true friends. I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust in him. And may your roots your, your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And as your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love, and I love you, God. I love you. There's a rich relationship. It's not just mouthing words that don't mean nothing, but it's a rich relationship. You genuinely respond because of his response. He loves us so much. And we respond to that. Verse 18 says, And may you have the power to understand. Something that's difficult to understand. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love really is. His love for you. And and you say, I'm I'm praying that that you have this power to understand this, you know. And and the truth of it is, God cannot love you more than he loves you right now. Because he already loves you with 100% of who he is. He held nothing back when he sent his son Jesus to this planet for you. He held nothing back. And Jesus came for what reason? He came to seek and to save the lost. 
That's what the scripture tells us. That's why he came. He wasn't like on a vacation from heaven. Like you would go to the beach or the mountains. Well, I'm going to go down there to earth and see what it's all about, you know. He came here on the lookout for the lost to bring salvation to him. That's what the scripture tells us, you know. And it says in verse 19, it says, may you, and if you would help me here, whether you're at home or you're in here, would you point to the person beside you and just say, he's talking about you. May you experience the love of Christ. Not just talk about it. We can talk about the love of Christ. Not just read about it. Not just study it. He says here, but may you experience the love of Christ. Now, I usually put my Bible up here. But I didn't want to get my notes wet again because my Bible set through some rain last night and it was soaking wet a while ago. But I'll put it back up there. Hmm. Hershey's Nuggets. <laughs> and this is made with milk chocolate. Dark chocolate is better for you. But milk chocolate tastes awesome. Is that true? Now, they package these little things in these little silver squares. They got round edges. And it says Hershey's milk chocolate on it. <laughs> Smells awesome. I think instead of just talking about it and looking at it and studying it, I think I would rather experience it. <laughs> you might be dismissed. <laughs> oh, man. Now, last night, That is good. Last night I'd used Hershey's, Hershey kisses and asked anybody they want to kiss. And my wife wanted one, so I'll give you one of these too, okay? Good catch. Now, you all saw me experience this, did you not? But I want the people over here to see me experience one too. 
because y'all probably didn't see me as closely as they did. And then I'll probably go up in the balcony so people up there can see me experience one of these too. Oh, man, I never recognized it. Chocolate could smell so good. Oh, oh man. I want to tell you something. Woo. It was wonderful. Talking about chocolate. Discussing how they took that cocoa bean from a tree and how they made it and how they... Oh, but it ain't near as good as experiencing it. And the scripture here says, make you experience the love of Christ. And Papa God, we ask that whoever's in need out there, might be somebody we know, we ask that they would be able to experience your presence to help them in their times of need. Whatever's going on out there, person who's responding, the person who is in need. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. But it says, may you experience the love of Christ. Wow. Who wants to talk about chocolate when you can experience it? And now I can talk about it better. And, oh, wow. It's so much different than just talking about chocolate and reading about chocolate. Chocolate and studying chocolate. And I'm going to tell you something. To experience the love of God is out of this world. It's life changing. And, and words fail us to explain. We try to, but it fails us to explain what the experience of God's love is like. And he says here, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is so great. And you understand great? Anybody know what this is? It's what? It's a tape measure. isn't it? That's a hundred foot tape measure. The steeple is 90 foot tall. This is taller than the steeple. That's a big tape measure. But the scripture says right here, you may experience the love of Christ, though it is so great, you can never fully understand it. 
And, and listen to what the prayer was in verse 18. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love really is. May you have the power to understand it. And over here he says, though it is so great, you will never fully understand it. Fully. And this 100-foot tape measure is extremely microscopic and tiny in comparison. You cannot measure God's love with a 100-foot tape measure. There is no tape measure ever been made that's big enough to measure the love of God because it is unmeasurable. And he says, may you experience, may you, you who are sitting there in those chairs, you guys who are watching online, he's talking about you. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is so great, you will never fully understand it, you know. But just because you will never fully understand it, and just because you will never fully understand the milk chocolate, it don't mean that you can't experience it. You can experience lots of things that you don't fully understand. Is that right? Absolutely. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. So may you experience the love of Christ, though it is so great, you will never fully understand it. And then you will be filled. And that's talking about occupied. Then you will be filled, occupied with the fullness of, of life and power that comes from God. When you experience the love of Christ, then you will be occupied with the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. And I think a lot of people desire to be filled and occupied with the fullness of life. I I, I want to understand life and why am I here and, and why have you put me here? And, and Jesus says he came to give us life in all of its fullness, an abundant life now, here. That's what he tells us. That's, that's what he says to us. Occupied with God himself. Occupied, full and occupied with God himself. What occupies you? Think about that for a moment. What is it that occupies you? You know better than anybody else what was occupying you before you came to church today. What was occupying you last night? What occupied you yesterday and and this whole past week, you know? What occupies you now? What occupies your thoughts? What is it? Think, Think about that for a moment. What occupies your thoughts? What what distracts you from God? Do you ever get distracted from God? I wonder who would distract you so you wouldn't think about God. I think the enemy of our soul would like to distract us from thinking about God and looking toward God. There's an old uh, song, and it goes like this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full 
in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And there's another song, but we're not going to sing it, but it goes like this. Jesus, 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 there's just something about your name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. And we can sing the whole rest of that song. But I saw that when I was turned this way, I've got a tail. <laughs> this is not part of the lesson, okay? <sighs> is this safe? Just don't never know what's going to happen when you go to church. Man, got all my digits left. Okay. Are we so filled up with God in our our thoughts and in our actions and our and in our feelings? that we genuinely want what God wants? Lots of times prayer is we want God to want what we want. God, would you help me get what I want? But are we ever so occupied with God in every aspect of our life that we genuinely like, what do you want, God? What do you want from me? What do you want me to do? Uh, Here, I signed a check. You just fill it in. Whatever it is that you want me to do, that's what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about developing a rich relationship with the almighty God, does does Christ Jesus, does he shine through you? I mean, when people look at you, do they know, now that man, now that woman, they hang around with Jesus. I can see they've been hanging around with Jesus because they talk like Jesus does and they act like him and they are so forgiving and so loving and so kind. Does that describe you? Does does Jesus, does he shine through your life? And, and, and do we love as Christ loved? And, and do we walk as Christ walked? Uh, listen what it says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. It says, those who say they live in God. If you say, well, I have a relationship with God. I, I, I live in him. He says, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Christ did. Well, what would Jesus do? What did Jesus do? What's Jesus doing nowadays? And we live our life the same way that Jesus lives his life. And, and listen to what it says here in the Amplified Bible, that same verse, 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. 
and says, whoever, whoever, and this is talking about the whole planet, but whoever says he lives in Christ, that is, whoever says he has accepted him, well, well, I've accepted Jesus as my Savior. I've accepted him into my life. He says, whoever says he's accepted him as God and Savior ought as a moral obligation to walk and conduct himself just as he, Jesus, walked and conducted himself. So do we walk and conduct our life exactly like Jesus? Do people look and say, she, he, them, they, they're just like Jesus. You can see Jesus shining through all these years of their life, you know? So when God occupies you, I'm just going to tell you the truth. There are no impossibilities. No impossibilities. Now, do you look out and you think, well, there's lots of impossibilities for me. But when you are occupied with the almighty, the most high God, there are no impossibilities. And his miraculous resurrection power becomes available to you. Now, you might be sitting there scratching your head and thinking, yeah, sure. God's miraculous resurrection power becomes available to me. And I'm talking about you and you. If, well, that, that, that just can't be true. When God occupies you, when he occupies you, Nothing is impossible. When he occupies you, the miraculous can become part of your every day. Now, that's going to take a little bit of a while for us to believe that because it don't seem like maybe what we've been experiencing up to this point. Maybe some of you have been experiencing that because it surely is possible. But listen to what it says here. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, it says, With God, everything. Now, what percentage is everything? I'm sorry, what did you say? 100%? With God, 100% of anything and everything. 100%. With God, everything, 100%, is possible. Do you have such a rich relationship with God that 100% is possible for you? Is it a reality or just kind of a a wishful thinking? Surely it would be nice if things was possible for me. He said right here, with God, when we are in a rich relationship with the almighty God, He says with God, everything is possible. And he's talking to you and you and you and you and you. And he's talking to you. But do we take it seriously or do we allow the devil to convince us? Well, that's not really relevant to you. That was only to a few people long, 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 long time ago. Back, back, 
back, way back before they hardly even kept a good calendar, that was talking to them, right? It really doesn't relate to us today, though, does it? I believe it does relate to us today. Let's look at one more verse. John 14, 12, and this is in the Passion Bible. It says, I tell you this timeless truth. Timeless. This wasn't just for the olden days, and it's not just for now, and it's not just for tomorrow, but for the next tomorrow, and the next tomorrow, and the next tomorrow, and next year. This is a timeless truth. This has always been true. It is true now, and it will always be true in the future. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me, who's talking here? Jesus, the person who follows me in faith, who believes what he has to say. Believing in me, the person who follows me in faith. This is a timeless truth. Don't forget, this is relevant to you here today in 2021. I tell you this timeless truth, the person who follows me in faith, Jesus says, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Jesus said that. And he said that about you. The person who follows me has this rich relationship with me. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty works that I do. And then he goes and says, even greater miracles. Even greater miracles than these that you saw me do because I go to be with my father. Just I'm going to be with my father. And I'm telling you this timeless truth. It's always been true. It's true now and it will be true to all those who follow me and believe in me in the future. When you take a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, who begins to take God seriously and genuinely believes, follows him and believes his word to be true, he said, you will do the same mighty work, miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these because I go to be with my father. Because of this resurrection power is now available because Jesus did rise from the dead. And this resurrection power, this mighty resurrection power is available to those who follow Jesus. Really genuinely follow him. Not just occasional follow him, but genuinely follow him and really genuinely believe in him. That's what he said. First John chapter 1 verse 7 It says, but if we're living in the light of God's presence, if we are living in the light, and living in the light is a lot better than living in the darkness, you know. I I got lots of flashlights because I like light. I like to see where I'm going when I'm hiking up the mountain. We hiked up the mountain in in the pitch dark this morning, and we had flat. We had headlamps, and then I have a headlamp and, and a variable different powers and I have another flashlight you know and we have some other lights stashed in our packs you know because I like light and he says here but if we're living in the light of God's presence just as Christ is then we have fellowship with each other did you know 
if you develop a rich relationship with God, you will also develop a rich relationship with God's kids, other men and women, boys and girls who follow Jesus and who believe in him. Now, you say, well, I don't know about that. And, I have, and I'm not exaggerating. I've had pastors who tell me, so I really do love God. I just don't like his people at all. They've actually told me that. Some of them, I think, have used the word hate, hated God's kids, because God's kids can be ornery and mean. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they can be. I mean, not that you would ever be that way, but, you know. But when you genuinely fall in love with God, you are going to fall in love with his kids as well, because he tells us to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then to love our our neighbor as ourself, even if they're mean, even if they slap you. What happens? What, what does the Bible say when somebody slaps you there? What are you supposed to do? Turn the other cheek. I mean, that's, that's a Christ-like kind of a love. You know, that's, that's not just a self-serving kind of a love. That's a Christ-like kind of love. So he says, but if you're living in the light of God's presence... If you're living in this rich relationship with the Almighty God as, as Christ is, is living, th- then we have fellowship with each other. We will have fellowship with other believers. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from every, that's 100%, cleanses us from every sin. A, a, a rich relationship with God brings us into a rich relationship with others. It genuinely does. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Yes, everything. Now, i got to ask you one more time, what percentage is this everything? Yes, everything. 100%. Everything else is worthless. It is insignificant. It is empty. It is hollow. As we talked about last week, it's meaningless. Everything else in our lives is worthless when you compare it with the priceless, this precious, priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, in a rich relationship to have this fantastic, rich relationship with God Everything else is worthless. I don't know if you really believe that or not. Well, I don't really go to church that often because my job don't let me, or I just got to have some rest on one day. And, uh, okay, your, your job is more important than having a rich relationship with God who says you will do the miraculous and he says he will provide everything you ever have need of. And, well, there are some more things that are more important than God, you know. There are some things that are just a lot more important to me than God. Do you all know how to get to heaven? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody gets to the Father in heaven except through me. That's, that's what Jesus says. And he says, everything else is worthless when compared with the priceless gain, gain, gain of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. 
And he goes on to say, I have discarded everything. What percentage is everything? Anything and everything that comes between me and the almighty God, I discard it. Everything. I discard it. Everything. Everything. You know what this is? This is a contractor's. It's a real heavy-duty big garbage bag so you can discard the stuff that comes between you and Jesus and I know this ain't big enough for everybody here so I got a a great big box of them and I got another 10 big bags and they're 45 gallons and I've got several dump trucks coming with more of these garbage bags because there's a lot of stuff we got to get rid of that comes between us and God you go, oh, no, 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 no. There's nothing more important in my life than God. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I have discarded everything else, counting it. What's that next word? All. Counting it all. What, what percentage is that all? <laughs> counting it all, 100% of it. I count everything else as garbage so that I may have Christ. I count everything that comes between me and Jesus. Well, you can be well assured the devil will make sure that your career always comes. Whatever you do, have to do, your time, your hours, what you have to do, it leaves you never any time for God. And there's only one way to get to heaven. And I've, I've been to hundreds of funerals, performed hundreds of funerals. And I found out that at a funeral, the most important thing in the whole wide world is did they go to heaven? How important is that to you? But in our youth, it's like, hey, that's a long, we'll worry about that later on. But it, it can sneak up on us. And we not really know when that day's coming, and we recognize there is nothing more valuable uh, than a relationship, a rich relationship with God, where He provides everything I have need of. He provides it super abundantly beyond whatever can be offered to me. And that's where you see someone who had a rich relationship with God says it in Philippians 3.8. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. That's a rich relationship. I have discarded everything, 100% of everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I may have Christ. If, if it's coming between me and God, I, 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 I'm willing to abandon it all. I'm willing to discard it. Whatever it is that comes between me and God that's going to set me on a, a, a solo journey for the rest of my life where, where God's really not a part of me. And he, he tells us this, everything else is worthless when compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I may have Christ. Verse 9, and become one with him, the best of friends. 
What's it going to be like when you are the best of friends with the creator of the heaven and earth? What's going to happen when you become the best of friends with the most high? Who's already said, you're going to do greater miracles than I did when you're in a close, rich relationship with me. And Jesus said that to anybody who would follow him and believe in him. He said, you're going to do more miracles than he did. You're going to do more miraculous things than he did in this time in which we live. And the scripture tells us, the apostle says, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And the enemy of our soul would try to distance us from the almighty God, that something else becomes more important to us. But the one who has this rich relationship says everything else is worthless. When compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I may have Christ and become one with him. The best of friends. The, the closest of all relationships I have is with Christ. And my wife, she knew this when she married me. That number one in my life was not her. Did you know that? It was Jesus. He was number one in my life. And the reason I married her because he was number one in her life. And, and then we took number two place and all. But God will always take care of you. He will always supply for you whatever it is you have need of when he's number one. And you have developed this rich relationship. With him. That's what I'm talking about. Verse 9 says, And you become one with him. I no longer count on my own goodness or my own ability to obey God's law. I just I can't do it on my own. Have you ever failed at doing everything God wants you to do? Yes. Oh, we try to, but we just can't do it on our own. I no longer count on my own goodness or my ability to obey God's law, but I trust God. Christ to save me. It's what he did. It's, it's the work that he did for me that washes my sins away. It's the work that he did for me that allows me to have a rich relationship with him. It's what he did for me that allows me to go to heaven and live with him one day. It's all about what he did. He says here in verse 9, and become one with him. I no longer count on my own goodness or my own ability to obey God's law, but I trust Christ to save me. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. And, and faith comes by hearing what he has to say and believing it. I believe he, if I, I can't do all that, but, but I believe what you say. I believe it 100%. I believe it. It depends on faith, he says. And then in verse 10, it says, as a result, talking about as a result of faith, I can really know Christ. As a result of having faith in him, I can really know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I can experience this resurrection power in my life now because I believe him. I have faith in him. And as a result of this faith, I can really know him richly. 
and experience the mighty power. I can experience it. And experiencing God's power is better than just reading about it or somebody telling you some miraculous things that have happened in their life. But experiencing it for yourself in the most difficult times that we've ever lived in, you can experience God's power in your life for the now. As a result, I can, verse 10, I can really know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. That's, that's just awesome. God has promised you can have the experience just by following him and believing him, keeping your eyes on him, valuing him above anything else and anything that comes between you and God just put it in the garbage bag. Throw it on the side of the road. Let the garbage truck come and pick it up. Psalms 91. And to really genuinely know God is to know his mighty power. If you don't know his mighty power, you don't know God as close as you could know him. Because he wants you to have his mighty power. He wants you to have his resurrection power abiding in you. That's just the way it is. Psalms 91 verse 1 says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. Now I like the way it really says it in the King James Bible. It says those who live in the Secret place. It's a secret. But I want to tell you something. With God's kids, he can't keep a secret. Because he's going to tell you about his secret place. Where miraculous things happen. And we had an old pastor, a wise old pastor, when we were in Bible school. How many years ago was that? A bunch of years ago. 44? 45 years ago. His name was Pastor Dutton, and he taught us a song. And it goes like this, and maybe we can project it on the screen, maybe. And it goes like this. It goes, shut in with God in a secret place. There in the spirit beholding his face. Gaining new power to run in the race. I long to be shut in with God. Shut in with God in a secret place. It ain't for show. It's nobody else's business. But there is where you gain the power to run the race that God has called you to run. And anyhow, let me read you this verse again. It says, those who live in the shelter or in the secret place of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And I happen to bring my shadow with me. I forgot it last night. You never know. I never knew until last night how much light is out there. And it blinds me. That's why I can't see you lots of the time. But this casts a shadow. 
And it's nice to have a shower. Have you ever been out on a hot, sunshiny day? And it's nice to get under a nice, cool, big old oak tree somewhere that creates a shadow, some shade. Oh, it is awesome to have a shadow. And my shadow with God is bigger than this one. And you know what? I can actually disappear. I can hide in him. You know what I'm saying? But I'm really still here. The shadow. This is what the scripture says. Those who live in the shelter, those who live in the secret place of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. In the shadow means he's near. If I'm in his shadow, that means he's really, really near. Those who live in the shelter in the secret place of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare of the Lord. He alone is my refuge. He alone. You are God alone. Y'all know that song? You are God alone. From before time began, you are on your throne. You are God alone. And right now, in the... Right now, where? In the good times and bad... Uh, Have you ever experienced bad times? Would you say some of the times we've been in the last year or two, it's been some kind of bad times? Right now, in the good times and bad... You are on your throne, and you are God alone. And this is a song that we sing from time to time. And he goes on to say, you're the only God whose power none can contend. You're the only God whose name and praise will never end. You're the only God who's worthy of everything we can give. You are God, and that's just the way it is. You are God alone. From before time began. You are on your throne. You are God alone. And right now in the good times and the bad times. You are on your throne. And you are God alone. Unchangeable. Unshakable. Unstoppable. That's who you are. Unchangeable. Unshakable. Unstoppable. That's what you are. And you are God alone. And I'm telling you, the Almighty, the Most High, who created everything that is around about us, he's crazy about you. He loves you. You are one of his children. And when you'll come and choose to follow him and believe in him, the best is beginning to happen. The most wonderful thing you can ever imagine. Even in good times and bad, they can all turn around and work out to be good times. He says, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That's what I'm talking about. Let's pick back up over here and, and then we're going to have to probably kind of tie this thing up pretty soon. It says here in Psalms 91.1, those who live in the shelter or in the secret place of the Most High will find rest in the shadow 
of the Almighty. This I declare of the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I am trusting him, for he will rescue you from every... What percentage is every? He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from the fatal plague. You think I could be talking about COVID? And he will protect you from the fatal plague and he will shield you with his wings and he will shelter you with his feathers. That's kind of like an eagle shielding and and protecting its young eaglets with its massive wings from rain and storm and wind and from anything else. That's like an eagle. And the Bible says, God, verse 4 He will shield you with his wings. He will shelter you with his feathers. His faithful promises right here in this book. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. If you were on the battlefield, would you want to go out into the battle without armor and without your protection? I mean, you wouldn't want to go out on a football field without your armor, your helmet, and your protection, would you? And he says right here, His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. And so let's use his armor. Do not be afraid. That's what he tells us. And we know in Timothy 1.7, he says that God has not given us spirit of fear. Well, where did fear come from and worry and anxiety if God didn't give it to us to, to try to keep us safe? Well, the enemy of our soul is the one who instills fear. And he says in verse 5, do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor fear the dangers of the day, nor dread the plague. Plague? You think I... Could could that include COVID? Nor dread the plague that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side and and though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. You have a rich relationship with God. If you make the Lord... Your refuge, if you make the Lord your secret place, your safe harbor, if you make the Lord your retreat, if you make the Most High, verse 9, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, verse 10, no evil, no evil. How much evil is he going to let come into you? No evil will conquer you. No plague. We see that word three times in these few verses. No plague. You think that could also include COVID? No plague will come near your dwelling. Verse 11, for he, almighty God, the most high God, for he orders his angels to protect to defend, to guard, to look after you wherever. And and what percentage is wherever? And 
for he orders his angels to protect you wherever, 100% of the ever that you could go. Wherever you go, he orders his angels to protect you and they will hold you with their hands to keep you from striking your foot on a stone. You will trample down lions and poisonous snakes and you will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. Do you, do you love God? Two of you. The question was, you probably didn't hear me. Do you love God? Yes. See, if, if we really love him, we will not be ashamed of him. Uh, how would you feel about it when I was in a public place with my wife, but I would never introduce her as my wife? Because I wouldn't want you to know. But unapologetic, she's my wife, she's my sweetheart, she's my best and most dearest friend. And he says it right here. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. We're to love him with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. That's what the great command says. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name, the name of Jesus. And when they call on me, God, the Almighty, the Most High says, and when they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them when? In trouble. And I will rescue them. And I will honor them. And I will satisfy them with a a long life and give them my salvation. That's, that's a promise from the most high. And let's just face the facts that that's what he's going to, he promises to do. But yet on the other side of the coin is we are pilgrims. We're here for a temporary time. We are pilgrims who are passing through, who's looking for a city, whose builder and maker is God. And one day we will be with him face to face with all those who've trusted in him, who've gone before us. But until then, he's going to take care of us and watch after us. And he's got something for us to do. Jesus came to this earth for one reason, to seek and to save the lost. And if we're saying, well, I'm going to walk like Jesus walked. I'm going to live like Jesus lived. I'm going to behave like Jesus behaved. Well, then we must seek and save the lost. If a man or a woman or a boy or girl does not know Jesus, and if they die and you're at their funeral and you're thinking, I could have did something about this. I could have told them about my Savior. I could have told them about Jesus. And if, if you live your life as Christ lived and you're loving and you're kind, they'll be sitting right here beside you. Yeah, they'll be studying God's word and they'll be learning from you because Christ will shine through your life. I'm talking about developing a rich relationship with God where Christ shines through. As a bee seeks nectar from flowers and as squirrels seek acorns and, and nuts and hawks and eagles, they seek these air currents that lifts them heavenward and, and birds seek the south at certain times of the year and responding to that inward tug. We must seek God. We must. Uh, last thing I want to say to you. 
Psalms 42, verse 1, it says, there's three verses here. Psalms 42, verse 1, it says, As the deer pants for streams of water. That's the way I long. I long for you, O God. I long for you. I thirst for you. The same way a deer that's hot and had anything to drink all day, and as he is thirsting for the streams of water, I long for you. I seek you. Verse 2 says, I thirst for God, for the living God. And the last thing I want to share with you is in Luke 12, 21, and it says, Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. Rich in goods, but not rich in God. The Bible says, God says, we're a fool if we've stored up so much stuff and we should have discarded it if it's keeping us from God. We should have discarded it. But, but he says, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Now, you can have all those wonderful Things when you've got a rich relationship with God because God's going to say, I want you to take that and do this with it. And I want you to take that and I want you to do this with it. And I want you to do this with this and this with that. And you've got the resources that God is directing you to do, to do, because you recognize all the resources you have, they are the almighty gods. We must seek God. Who knows how much longer we have on this whole planet who knows how much longer our loved ones, people that you love and you care about, who you don't know for sure if they're signed up to go to heaven or not. But I do know if you pray, I know that God will work a miracle in their life and he'll send laborers across their, their path and you'll pray for them and God will restore them and, and bring them back to health and God will work miraculous in their lives because ain't nothing more important to God than his kids get right with him. That's just the truth of it. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to share his unlimited resources with you that you will live for him and follow his leading and follow his direction and make an eternal difference with our lives by developing a rich relationship with the Almighty God. Our, our time is, is up. It really is up a few minutes ago. But I want to pray for you before you go. So would you bow your heads with me and my bride would come up here. And yes, we're going to reaffirm our faith in Christ. <clears throat> but first, I, Papa God, I ask that you would work a miracle in the lives of my brothers and my sisters who are here right now. I ask that you'd work a miracle in each of their lives and that they would be also willing to discard anything and everything that comes between them and you. And if they can use that something for you and not be possessive and attached to that something, that you can use them with that something and you can bless it and they can touch lives with that something. Empower them and open their eyes and their ears. Empower them and show them how they can make an eternal difference in people's lives. But whatever it is that comes between them and you, show them what it is. Show them what it is, and it's not worth getting disconnected from eternity over. Oh, Papa God, we want to develop a rich relationship with 
you right now while there is time. And we want to be a tool in your hand. We say yes, if you want there to be these mighty, miraculous things happening in these days that were greater than the things that Jesus did. We'll say, yes, we'll do whatever you want us to do. If you want your Holy Spirit, resurrection power to abide and to occupy a place in our lives, all of us, we say, yes, Lord, whatever you want, that's what we want to do. I ask that you'd open our eyes and you'd open our hearts to the truths of your word. Almighty God, I ask that you set my brothers and sisters free from every stronghold that holds them back, that holds them in fear and hopelessness and worry and anxiety and and darkness and sin. I break those powers in the name of Jesus Christ and by the shed blood of Jesus, I break those powers and that you would set us each and every one free to experience all that you have designated for us and designed us for. Oh, Papa God, I ask your blessings upon the bodies, the souls, and the spirits of those who are in this room and those who are watching online. I ask you for a miracle to take place in each and every one of them and whatever they have need of right now that you would provide it for them. And those who are dear to them, their family and their loved ones who have issues in their life right now, that you would work a miracle in them and open up doors for my brothers and sisters to talk about you and to be unashamed to speak about you and that you would give them wisdom and your anointing and your Holy Spirit of how to speak to people about how good you are and how much love you have for us and how much we can trust you. Bless each and every one I ask. Father, we thank you that we can look to you, Lord, knowing that you have a plan and a purpose for every individual. Lord, you have a plan and a purpose. Yes, you do. And Father, we just ask that you would help each one to surrender to that plan. And Father, today we choose to reaffirm our faith in you. Yes, we do. And in the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we declare that a rich relationship with you is far more valuable than anything that this earth has to offer. And we choose to declare our faith in you right now. As we would join together in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we believe we believe that you have a plan that you have a plan for our lives for our lives. We believe we believe that Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ died on the cross died on the cross bearing our sins bearing our sins so we could be forgiven so we could be forgiven so we could have so we could have a rich relationship with you a rich relationship with you please forgive us for our sins please forgive us for our sins help us discard the things help us to discard the things that come between us and you that come between us and you. 
We believe. We believe. That Jesus rose from the dead. That Jesus rose from the dead. To give us the power. To give us the power. To live the resurrected life. To live the resurrected life. Dead to the old sinful nature. Dead to the old sinful nature. And alive unto you. And alive unto you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.